What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 214 of Smack Talk, presented by SmartOutMoment.com. This is the final episode of the normal editions of Smack Talk for 2015. Happy to have you guys aboard here. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me on the mic for this episode are some usual suspects here. We got Kaylin Ferris, <laughs> Drew White, <laughs> and Mike Payton. That's why I started laughing immediately. I knew it was coming. Oh, jeez. All right. So our episode is going to be main evented by the December mailbag. Lots of questions you guys had sent in. Very happy about that. We're going to answer all of them one by one later on. We got the hot tags coming up in part two. We got the rest hold break in part three. We got the fantasy league at the end of the show. And we're going to start off the way that we always start off. The kickoff is the wrestling trivia question of the week, otherwise known as the Ask Him. For those who don't know what the hell the Ask Him is, here's a quick breakdown. It's two questions that tie in together in some fashion. First question is for the panel. Second question is for the audience. The panel is the three people that are joining me here today, not the Tony panel, just to clarify that too. Last week's questions are what we're going to go into first. Those were about the Slammy Awards, because the Slammy Awards just happened not that long ago, a couple hours ago. We're recording this Tuesday morning, so that's why we're in a little bit weird of a mood again. I don't know what happens with Tuesdays, but it's weird. Uh, Question to the panel last week was, which wrestler has won the Superstar of the Year Award three times? The only person to have won it twice, even. That's John Cena. He won in 2009, 2010, and 2012. And the question to the audience was, who has won the most amount of Slammy Awards in general? Most people were going with Daniel Bryan or John Cena here. Uh, Bobby Lesnar went with either of them. Watchman King tried out Debray. Peter says Debray. Christopher Marin says John Cena. And Declan says Seth Rollins won like 10 last year, so I'm going to guess Seth Rollins. None of them correct. It's actually Shawn Michaels. He won 11 of them. 12, if you count the Squared Circle Shocker Award, which I don't know if that really goes to him or not, because it's for him getting knocked out and collapsing. <laughs> so it's kind of more like an Owen Hart Award, but Owen Hart carried those two slammies around, and he didn't, you know, one of them wasn't that one. So nobody gets it right. Nobody gets those points that somebody somewhere is tallying up, I guess. I don't know. This week's set of questions, though, are going to be about patriotic stuff, because Tribute to the Troops is happening Wednesday when we normally would be recording Smack Talk. Question to the panel. Name the three people who donned the Mr. America and Patriot masks. Hulk Hogan. Uh, Hulk Hogan's one. Del Wilkes. Del Wilkes is the other one, and there's one other person. Uh, wasn't it like, um, Sergeant wasn't it like Canyon? Nope. Was it God? Nope. I'd be surprised if anybody remembers that this guy actually exists. Yeah, I got nothing. Was it uh, Gary Von Erich? Nope. Sam Houston? Nope. Salvatore Sincere, Tom Brandy. Uh, Of course. He and uh, Del Wilkes going back and forth with Patriot. And Hulk Hogan, of course, he was Mr. America. For those who didn't follow that (laughs) storyline. Question to the audience. It's a little bit easier. You know, it's my gift to you guys for Christmas. An easy one. Name the two WWE superstars who have been involved in the G.I. Joe franchise. 
you think you know the answer, or you want to take a guess, or you want to say anything else for that matter, leave a comment below on YouTube, send a tweet at SmartOutMoment with the hashtag AskHim, or leave a comment on SmartOutMoment.com itself. Next week we'll tell you the answer and anything else. I mean, it's actually, next week we won't. Because next week's going to be the 2015 Smart Out Moment Awards. So, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer, or I'll just tell you in the comments or something like that. I don't know. Uh, maybe you'll wait until episode 215, which will come in two weeks or whatever, which reminds me, a little plug out there, uh, I'm going to be mentioning this in the rest hold, but in case you don't, check it out in the rest hold and you don't uh, pay attention to the end of the show too, 2015 Smart Out Moment Awards are coming next week, make sure you guys get your votes in as soon as you possibly can, because those are going to be shutting off when we record them, which is going to be later on this week, so you got a couple of days, but... Uh, once we get the last outro and the last did you know up into that, those are shut off. There's not going to be anything else added to the mix or anything like that. So plenty of time for you guys to go through your list, vote on everything, and tell us what you liked and what you didn't like. Uh, we're going to continue on here in part two with the hot tags of the week. So stay tuned. Smack Talk is coming right back. Welcome back. We are on part two of episode 214. It's time for the hot tags of the week. And since we're doing this Tuesday, there aren't a whole lot of things that are going uh, that are going down, I should say. But we got a couple of things that I figured we should talk about. Number one, the most important one, Stardust is injured. Apparently he has a neck injury. So we don't know exactly how bad that is or how long he's going to be out. But that's why we haven't been seeing him as of late. And, uh, I don't know, I mean, this is just another injury. we got Barrett is injured, Stardust is injured, and then, of course, we can go back to all the people that have been missing for a while, like Cesaro and Sting and Rollins and all that. What do you guys think? we got another injury here. This, this sucks. Work? Yeah. Stardust isn't a huge loss. It's only crummy because of all the other injuries we have. But even at that point, the last few weeks... It seemed like they were making a little more use of Stardust, but it was only for Titus O'Neil to barge in and interrupt whatever crazy speech he's on. So it's not a massive loss. It's someone they could easily plug pretty much anybody in there. It's unfortunate for a guy to get hurt. I, I don't want to downplay that, but it's not going to affect the television show at all. Yeah, I think, I hope at least until he's fully recovered that he's still able to make television appearances and do you know promos and vignettes in the back. Because that's, I think, where he really shines right now, like you said, with the Titus, uh, Titus promos and everything. So as long as, while he's rehabbing, if he can still be on TV, I think that'd be good. I'm hoping he doesn't miss the Royal Rumble. Same. I don't know. It's a neck injury, though. That's less than a month away. What do you think? I mean... Yeah, but we don't know how bad it is. Like, it could be one of those neck injuries that he's out for a couple weeks and he just needs to kind of take it easy. Or it could be something where he needs surgery or something. like. I haven't heard that it's like really terrible, but that just could be because nobody's reporting on it, you know? It could just be like a stinger or whatever. Yeah, just kind of like nagging neck injury, and they're like, well, we're not going to really use you over the next couple of weeks, so stay home, rela- uh, relax a little bit. Maybe one of those kind of things, or I don't know. Because Barrett, I think, had was that a neck injury too, or was that something else? That was a shoulder yeah, shoulder sounds familiar. Maybe like a collarbone. Hmm. But to be fair, he has been a a man who has fallen to collarbone or shoulder injuries a lot. Double checking right here to see if there's any more information about this. And I don't see anything other than just neck injury, so. Hmm. It's probably just a quick report. Um, I, He'll be back uh, soon, hopefully. Stardust is one of my favorite characters. It's a shame that they haven't been using him, but... 
Uh, oh, well, I guess. With the roster as beaten down and injured as it was, you'd expect him to try to use it more, but he's another man who failed to injure, so... Sucks for him, but eh, they weren't even using him anyways. So Joey Ryan had that viral video that came out the other day or a couple weeks ago or whatever the hell it was. I lost track of time completely, so I have no idea. But uh, that whole situation with the guy grabbing his crotch and then he, you know, twists his arm around and all that kind of stuff, that's led to a YouPorn sponsorship deal now. How crazy is that? Not bad for a guy that TNA rejected on that whole gut check thing they had. Mm-hmm. Must really be kicking themselves now. For many reasons, but that's one of them. <laughs> he was actually entertaining in TNA. Like, I liked that guy. He was cool. Probably never get to go to WWE now, but no, he's probably making good money off this uh, sponsorship. He probably well, was that... never going to go to WWE anyway, yeah. probably. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. I'm, first of all, thinking why, and second of all, how much money do you think this is worth? Do you think uh, this is like another, I was going to say 15 minutes, but less than that. This is just, I think, going to go quickly. We're just going to forget about I, this next I week. I think it's more just like an endorsement. Mm. Like, you know, he'll appear in some commercials for them and they'll put a link to his website or some shit like that. Well, he said something about, you know, it's just another means for him to make money and stuff. So it's like, hey, if he makes enough money from it, you know, good for him. Capitalize on when it's working. If he can make this a bigger thing, as far as I know, he's not going to be like actually in any videos or anything like that. No. <laughs> Wouldn't be checking them out anyway, but at the same time... You know, any way for him to make more money if he isn't going to WWE and doesn't have to worry about that? Go for it, dude. You I'll know? tell you exactly what I think this is. He probably has an affiliate link. So it's probably like, you ever listen to the Stone Cold podcast? And mm-hmm. he's always like, go to naturebox.com and enter promo code Steve. So it's going to be something like that. You know, like go to pornhub.com, put in promo code Ironcock. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Like he could be wearing, off. like, tights that have YouPorn's logo on it and stuff like that, too. I mean, it could be that kind of a thing. Either way, I don't think people are going to be like, oh, Joey Ryan endorses YouPorn? I'm going to go jack off of that site. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> people have their favorites. I'm sure uh, Sean's kicking himself for not being a part of this conversation. Sean, leave a comment below. Let's move on to the final thing that we have here. This is just ridiculous. And when Peyton mentioned it earlier from another website, it it just, I was just like, we got to add this. We got to talk about it. Cause it's just like what a fan threw chicken at Sasha Banks the other day. And she's apparently still upset about it. Like, first off, why are you throwing chicken at Sasha Banks? Well, I, I'm just hearing this now. Is this, what was it like a, bucket of KFC or something? What were they throwing at her? There was a single piece of chicken. A single a piece whole, of chicken. They didn't throw a whole bucket at her. <laughs> Did they specify what piece? If it was a th- uh, thigh or a breast? or I, I would assume it was a tender. Because hmm. that's a waste of a good piece of chicken. Chicken's awesome. Especially if they got it at the event. It's expensive. Yeah, that's true. Eh, maybe he was just voicing his opinion of how bad the product is. So throw chicken at people. Why not? But that's such a random thing to do to be like, oh, I don't like this. I'm going to throw chicken at Sasha Banks. <laughs> like, Better than doing nothing, I guess. Even weirder about this, though, is that she would say that she's still upset about it. Because I would think, like, th- I would laugh just hysterically. I think she was just playing a character. I hope so. I hope she's not actually upset about it or whatever. Because to me, that would just be like, did somebody just hit me with chicken? Somebody just hit me with chicken. Wow. 
Okay, I could cross that off the list, you know? Well, they were doing those commercials for the BK chicken fries back a while ago. <laughs> it's Tyson Kidd just being all like... It's just product placement. Better product placement than new porn. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was a weird-ass thing to, to kind of be the final hot tag of 2015. <laughs> so... Whatever happens throughout the week, guys, leave a comment below. Tell us some different news stories you guys want us to mention. We'll, you know, leave our comments and stuff like that and kind of uh, keep the discussion going on the Mega Maniacs as well. Uh, and leave your comments about what happened that we talked about for this one, too. Do you think that Stardust injury is going to really hurt WWE or his career or both? What do you think about the U-Porn deal? And what do you think about throwing chicken at Sasha Banks? Would you have thrown something else or would you have just eaten the chicken or licked the chicken if you were in Sean's case? Uh, hot, hot tags are over with Wrestled's coming up in part 3 we'll see you there everybody and then we'll start getting into those mailbag questions hot tags are over with we're on part 3 which means it's time for the Wrestled if you don't know what that means it's our commercial break section where we mix in some other segments that have no home elsewhere on the show and catch you up to date with everything that's going down in the world a smart out moment for this week first things first I need to make sure that you guys are aware that 2015 smart out moment awards are going to be coming up so if you haven't paid attention to what I've been saying already uh, one more reminder, those are going to shut off as far as the polls are concerned on the 27th. You'll still be able to vote after that, but I won't tally the votes or anything like that. So uh, vote when you can, vote now, and make sure you get those in as soon as possible because they're all going to factor into when we record that. Outside interference articles for this week are about TakeOver and about the Slammy Awards. I did one about a three-count of what the direction for NXT TakeOver Dallas is probably going to be and a breakdown of the weirdest categories in the Slammy Awards history as well as some new Slammy Awards categories that they should be adding in the future. If you're interested in checking those out, go to eWrestlingNews.com or check them out on the YouTube description below or you can find them on the homepage of Smart Out Moment underneath the section that says Outside Interference. Pretty convenient, huh? Mark my words, comment of the week is going to Stephen Carroll. He put a picture of Chris Jericho dressed up as Stone Cold Steve Austin in the Mega Maniacs. And if you don't know that inside joke, listen back to old episodes or whatever, but it essentially boils down to Jericho replacing Austin, and we ran with that joke. Uh, at least we dabble in it here and there. So I thought that was funny. Thank you, Stephen Carroll, for sending that in. Thank you to all the other people who participated in all the different conversations we have as well. And if you're interested in being eligible for the next Mark My Words, check out the YouTube screen right now, and you will see a list of all the different avenues that I pick from. One of those in particular is our Mega Maniacs group that I just mentioned, facebook.com slash group slash the Mega Maniacs. If you're on Facebook, make sure you join that because you'll have a lot of fun goofing off with us throughout the week. That takes us into the next mailbag. We're going to be doing the mailbag later on in the next part for December, but January will be coming up before you know it. So start brainstorming about any questions you guys want to get to know us better about, whether it's wrestling-related or not. Because 215, 216, 217, whatever it ends up being, those are going to be when we answer those mailbag questions for January. As part of the Sign Me Up initiative, if you bring any sign that says Mark Out Moment to any wrestling-related event that you attend in the near future, send a picture or a video of yourself to me, and I'll give you a spotlight on the website and on the next episode of Smack Talk. If you're able to help us out on the monetary side of things, there are three ways in which you can do that. The Patreon account, which is patreon.com slash smartoutmoment. You can hit up the PayPal donation button at the bottom of smartoutmoment.com. And if you are on YouTube right now, you should see a little thing on the homepage that says Fan Funding or Support This Channel. If you go through those steps, that's another way that you could do that. 
And obviously, because this is the holiday season, we know that money is probably tight for everybody, but there are other ways in which you can help us as well. And you can do that by hitting us with a like, a follow, a favorite, you know, a subscription, whatever the case may be for all the social media platforms that are out there. And that applies for the things that are under Smart Out Moment and a mango tree like fanboysanonymous.com. That's our geek culture website where we talk about all the things nerdy that we're fond of. Go to our Facebook and Twitter accounts. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.com slash fanboysanonymous. And don't forget about the all-talk show, which you never know when it's going to pop up. But you can always find that on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.com slash all-talk show. And we will always notify you in advance on our Facebook and Twitter accounts. And lastly, if you are interested in joining the Smart Out Moment team as a writer, editor, or something else for that matter, you can send in your application using the contact form of the website. And I'll get back to you with more information as soon as I can. That'll do us in for the rest hold, the final rest hold of 2015. Mailbag's coming up next, everybody, in part four. Stay tuned. Click on that if you are on YouTube, and we'll see you there. Welcome back from the rest hold, everybody. It's time for us to start getting into the mailbag submissions that you guys sent in for December. Lots of different questions here. Very happy to see that because the mailbag is going to be a separate thing like this going forward, going uh, into 2016 and onward. I think that it's a good idea to do this on top of, uh, you know, the main event kind of a thing as opposed to doing it along with another thing. So all these mailbags coming up, make sure you guys keep sending those in to really appreciate it. So we are going to blast through a couple of these that were ones that aren't as uh, complicated as some of the other ones. And then we're going to get into, obviously, everybody's perspective about all the different ones and stuff. But two that I want to address right off the bat that were sent in from Declan Macri. He says, uh, the end of the year awards are coming up. So I wanted to know if you guys will be doing it through Google Hangouts again or if you're going to use a different method. Right now, the plan is to do it through Google Hangouts unless we either run into problems or we find something better to use, but we're going to be testing that out over the next couple of days, and if uh, we run into any issues, we'll try to figure something else out, and if it works perfectly fine, probably just stick to Google Hangouts. Either way, the intention right now is to definitely have video. Uh, Second question from Declan was, will we see 12 days of outro as an outro this year? After last year, you guys said you would do it, but never did. We actually did. Uh, episode 163, go back and check that out. Peyton did the 12 days of outro. Very funny. So let's start getting into the ones where the other people can actually kind of chime in as well. Sent in from Silent Way to Doom. He says, if you could wish diverticulitis on any member of the current roster, who would it be? Um, glad that Wego's not a part of this one. Because <laughs> then it might actually happen. I wouldn't on anybody, because I don't actually want anybody to get sick or whatever like that. Oh, but if I God. had to choose, Seamus. Drew, who would you wish that upon? If I could wish that upon any member of the not-so-current roster, definitely got to be Santino, because fuck that guy. Now, on the main roster, might have to go with the the big show. Not the fan. Kalen, what do you think? Well, like you said, Tony, I don't wish anybody to be hurt or ill, but if I had to just pick one person to go away... I was thinking Seamus at first, but I'm going to go with a guy who came back not too recently... And pretty recently, rather, and I wish he'd go away just as soon. His name is Alberto Del Rio. Never been a fan of that guy. He just bores me to tears. So if I could make him go away, I'd do that. 
And Peyton, who gets the diverticulitis treatment from you? See, now you guys are being way too easily distracted just by these little guys who maybe you just don't like, but they're not serious detriments. If we're going to use this power for good, then we need to use it to rid the WWE of its diverticulitis. And that is Adam Rose. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Kevin Dunn. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Vince McMahon. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go straight to you for this one, Peyton. Uh, one of the questions from Solomon Adun was, why do you think Peyton went to the hospital? <laughs> and now that Peyton's address got sent out on the post-Raw show, post-Raw show, yeah, uh, what's the weirdest thing you would like to have <laughs> sent to his house? Uh, well, if uh, it was in Newburgh, I'm going to assume that I went to the hospital because of getting shot. <laughs> and um, the weirdest thing to be sent to my house would be a briefcase full of money. <laughs> that's so weird so strange you know odd uh Kalen, what would you have be sent to Peyton's house and why do you think that he went to the hospital even though we know why he did i i think the reason the real reason he went to the hospital is he was sharing some tainted cookies with kevin owens they threw out the chocolate chip cookies they, and they yeah, just they, no they were chocolate chip i couldn't resist <laughs> I, what i would like sent to mike's house are singing telegrams. I don't care what the theme is, who it is, who's. I just want people to go to his house and sing to him. Does so anybody ever actually happen. do those? Yes, all the like, time. Like they I do, they them, need like to get movies. punched in the crotch. <laughs> I've never seen or like heard of anybody actually getting one. That would be amazing if someone sent me one of those. Well, we we need to bring it back big time. <laughs> Drew, what do you think? Uh, maybe uh, Baden got diverticulitis. You know, raw could be very detrimental to the health. So yeah, diverticulitis. Then why would I send to his house? Eh, let's just send like uh, Kevin Dunn for him to like live there for the rest of his life. I'm gonna say the thing that you should send to his house, Jeff. <laughs> it's Jeff. <laughs> That's why when he opens the door. Sent in from Stevo. He says, "Hey guys, and hey Stevo." Have any of you checked the trailer for season two of Lucha Underground? Production values in wrestling? Season one blew the shit out of WWE and the new roster looks great. I haven't checked out any of Lucha Underground yet, still, but I've got a couple of days where I might have some time and I might try to check out as much as I can. At the very least, I might check out that Lucha, um, I always forget the name of it, was it? Ultima Ultima Lucha. Ultima Lucha, yeah. At the very least, I might check that out, but the concept itself seems kind of cool. So um, I'm interested. Payne, I know that you are into this. Did you check out the trailer? Oh, absolutely. I did. I mean, it was more recapping stuff from the first season. So you're not really seeing too much fresh going on there. But it's certainly enough to get you hyped and excited for what's coming up. They, they left a lot of teases for what was going to come up this season uh, as far as revealing what the deal with Dario Cueto's brother is, who's this giant monster that they kept teasing, was locked up inside this cage the entire first season. We never actually saw him until the last episode. You you just see his eye through a hole, and he's making these monster grunts, so it's, it's going to be awesome finally seeing him. The supposed rumor is that with these new investors, and, and I believe they got a lot of money. I, I don't know how much, but they found someone to throw in a lot of money to this project, and they're going to be stepping their production value up even further. And in the first season, we saw people die. When you see people die in wrestling, we saw people vaporize. We saw people take off into the sky at jetpacks. I mean, this was such a zany wrestling show. And supposedly in this next one, we're going to get aliens involved. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I am so stoked for Lucha Underground season two. Uh, I can't wait. Aliens. That sounds kind of awesome. Uh, Kaylin, do you check out the uh, the trailer? I have not checked out the trailer. In fact, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Tony. I haven't watched any Lucia Underground yet, but from what I've heard as far as reviews and stuff, I've heard all positive stuff, so I'm sure it'd be something I'd be interested in. And it's one of those things that I just need to sit down one day and just actually start watching because I know I'd probably enjoy it. You giving it a watch, Drew? Yeah. No, right, to the trailer? No, but I'll give it a watch after this uh, episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> No. No. Uh, I got two questions here from Awesome Piano Man. He says, My wife and I were watching a trailer for Concussion starring Will Smith on the true story of how a doctor believes that severe amounts of trauma to the head can cause behavioral problems and such. I brought up the story of Chris Benoit and the double murder suicide and was not sure if that was the final conclusion. Even though the real answers are with the Benoits, what do you believe was the cause or the reason of Chris Benoit's actions on that night? I obviously uh, the same as what you had said. I mean, none of us really know, but I don't think it was just a concussion thing. I think that that's a little too easy to just be like, he had concussions, went nuts, and then he did that. I think that he probably was predisposed to that kind of behavior anyway, because you you got to be at least a little bit messed up to do something like there's the nature and nurture kind of thing. You have something chemically wrong with you. You have something that, uh, you know, bad experiences that you've gone through in your life or something like that. I think it's a factor that combines everything. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he and Nancy got into some kind of an argument and maybe he had like a bigger temper than a lot of people knew behind the scenes. Maybe he accidentally killed her. And then what happens with a lot of different people they do something like that, and then they are on an adrenaline rush. They're obviously distraught, and then they start thinking maybe the better option is to kill the other people in my family so they don't have to deal with the stress. I kind of think that that's what happened. Like, he didn't want to live with the guilt, but of course, obviously, we don't know. Either way, I think that he had to have something in him ahead of time, Either whether it was anger some kind of a psychological problem. I don't know, but it can't just be concussions. I can't imagine that being the case. Kalen, what do you think? Are you leaning anyway, in particular with the Benoit stuff? Well, it's obviously some kind of, you know, mental instability as to the reasons why he had problems in his brain. I mean, like you said, a lot of those same factors, I think his having to deal with the, physicalness that he was going through all the time, you know, hurting his brain, concussions, whatever chemicals he might have had in his system. I'm sure there's a lot of emotional strain there. So I think it was a big combination of factors. Drew, what about you? I've kind of recently been on the train of, well, maybe the Nancy death was an accident. Then just, you know, out of guilt, he just decided to kill the whole family because of, you know, who would want to live in a world where your dad kills your mom and, you know, you really have no parents because the dad's going to be going to the uh, either hospital or prison. So always been a believer in just an accidental death, you know, whether he blacked out for a minute or just lost all sense of what he was doing by, you know, just his brain not acting the right way. You know, shit happens and it sucks that something like that happened, but you know, accidents happen. That would explain the Bibles, right? The whole, like, I did something terrible, pray for my soul kind of a thing or whatever. Yeah. Peyton, what about you? Any thoughts on this uh, subject? 
I ain't touching that one with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> Here's a 20 foot one. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no general thoughts though. Just we don't know. Nope. <laughs> this is this this is done. We've been through this. We know what we know or what we're going to be told. I'm, I'm sure there's more. We can only guess. I'm going to edit in a little thing where you go, Kevin Sullivan did it. <laughs> Funny thing is, that's exactly what I was thinking in my head. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just really didn't want to get into it. I, I, no, we're not getting it. I don't want to talk about this shit. <laughs> Let's move on to a more uh, <laughs> lighthearted one here. Awesome Piano Man also asks us, what is your oddest collection? I don't think I have any. I don't really collect anything. Who's got a weird thing that they collect? I wouldn't necessarily call it weird, but I remember when I was in middle school, early parts of high school, whenever I went to a hotel, I would always keep the uh, little card key that they would give you. Hmm. Something that I would just not even think about. It. I'd just take it. I'd be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't think that's too weird. I got a couple that are like money related. Whenever I come across quarters that are like the bicentennial quarters or quarters of the year that I was born or the year I graduated high school, like some year that's significant to me, I'll sort of just stash them aside. I'm not like consciously like trying to hoard them all or anything. It's just like, oh, well, I have a handful of coins and this one is the year I was born. So I'll spend that one last. So. It's like that one's your favorite. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so I don't. Know. I, I I guess that would count. It's like well, you're since you're my year, you get to stick with me the longest. Yeah. Well, it's like when I'm eating food, I usually save whatever the be- the thing I like. I save the best for last. I, I save whatever mean. part of that. So it's kind of like like what I do with the coins. You know. Well, this one has a significance to me, so I'm going to spend that one last. <laughs> Peyton, do you have anything weird that you collect? Regrets. <laughs> That's not Jesus. weird. Everybody does that. Yeah. Nothing weird. Oh, you were waiting for like, an actual answer? Um, well, I used to have <laughs> yeah. a bunch of video games. Uh, video games aren't weird. Ladies' phone numbers, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah, see, I don't collect anything, even things that I wouldn't consider weird. It's just like uh, mementos from things that happened over the years. And um, I guess if you would constitute it, I collect movie tickets, like the stubs that I had. And um, if we do the video thing uh, for next week's awards, then you'll be able to see I have that hanging up now. So that's a difference from last year. Nice little movie uh, stub collection kind of thing like that. I guess that's the weirdest thing. That I don't collect. think that's weird. I think a lot of people keep their ticket stubs. Oh, another you know, thing. You know what else I collect? What do you collect? Donations at patreon.com slash megapowersradio. That certainly is odd. That is odd. Oh, no, no. I thought of one other thing that I collect, too. I have uh, skulls. Been, <laughs> yeah, skulls. <laughs> I have a lot of friends who are in bands. I've been playing in bands for a long time. And whenever a friend of mine puts out a CD, I usually purchase it from them and I'll give them a Sharpie and I'll have them sign it. You know, mm-hmm. even though that's just, you know, friends of mine, I still <laughs> you like buy having... CDs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supporting my friends. Looks to be you. I know, right? Bandcamp? They do, but I like having physical copies of things too. Plus, they don't get any money for Bandcamp. 
I'll pay five bucks to my friends. I thought Bandcamp was actually like the best conversion of anything they can sell on. Oh, I don't know. I'm curious about what the people listening collect. Leave your comments below about that one. Don't forget. Uh, we got more questions to go here. So Andre Rosa, let's get to his set. Uh, I'm going to group these two together because they're very similar. One is, uh, what is one thing that you're optimistic about that pe- most people are pessimistic about? The other one is the flip side. What's something that you are mostly pessimistic about that most people are optimistic about? And I'm going to say right now, I couldn't really think of too much of an answer for either of them. Although for the optimistic one, a lot of people tend to get more worried about terrorism than I do. Not to say that I don't, you know, understand how horrible terrorism is or whatever. But if like, um, you know, going to New York for New York Comic Con, uh, people will be like, oh, make sure you be careful because, you know, you're in a big city. And I'm like, well, nothing's going to happen. I'm fine. I'm more worried about going over to Philly where there's more gang violence than I am that a terrorist attack's going to happen. Or any kind of, like, real what-if scenario that's, like, end-of-the-world type of stuff or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. I tend to be the one that tries to calm people down more than anything. But on the flip side, the pessimistic, I'm always the guy that thinks everybody's going to let me down. Whether it's, like, you, you know, I'm buying movie tickets and the movie starts at 7 and it's... 645 and I'm like, oh my God, everybody's going to be late, you know, like that kind of thing. Or even when we're doing these podcasts and stuff, I'm always putting up different polls about what time can people do it. And then it's like, yeah, you know, the the people that are going to say that they can do it probably aren't going to and whatever. So I'm pretty pessimistic when it comes to that. But other examples like that, I couldn't really think of all that much. So passing this off to you guys, Drew, what do you think? Pessimistic, optimistic, where do you range? What are those type of things? Yeah. For optimistic, Something that you, most people are usually pessimistic about is uh, Monday Night Raw in general. Uh, people like to shit on the main roster, but I'm, I've am i always been, uh, come on, guys. It's not that bad. Come on. But uh, you wouldn't be able to tell that because of how bad this past Raw was. So that's something I usually am, but uh, probably going to get more pessimistic about that going forward. Uh, and something that I'm pessimistic about that a lot of people are optimistic about, a lot of people are optimistic about the world ending sometime in our lifetime i'm not sold on that i believe that my like thousands of years from now something will happen but uh, i don't think anything big will happen i guarantee you a nuclear war will start but i believe this kind of paying attention um, i'm uh, very optimistic or pessimistic about uh believing the world's gonna end i don't believe it will it's like oh, pessimistic about it no i don't think it's gonna end guys <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, what about you? Optimism, pessimism? Uh, the one thing I guess, I was, man, these were tough. Good questions, whoever asked these. Who asked these? Andre Rosa. Thank you, Andre Rosa. Uh, one thing that I'm optimistic, well, I don't know what I'd say optimistic, just not as pessimistic about is dying, I guess. You know, a lot of people are like really scared and worried about dying. It's like, oh my God, what if I die tomorrow? And I'm. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't want to but I'm not like freaking out about it. You know, it's going to happen. What's going to happen. So I'm not really concerned about that. As far as being something uh, that I'm pessimistic about, that most people are optimistic about. And I just had an experience of this the other day when I went and saw star Wars uh, movie trailers, you know, movie trailer comes on, they can make any movie look really amazing with a little minute and a half trailer. And then you go out and you see it and it's a piece of crap. So, you know, they show a movie in the theater and everyone's like, oh, wow, that was so cool. We got to go see that. And I'm like, no, nope, it's going to suck. 
It's going to suck. It's going to be a piece of shit. You're going to waste your money. So that's what I'm negative about. Payton? I'm optimistic about this glass that's filled halfway. Oh, Jesus. I say it's half full. <laughs> what a confidence. I... <laughs> I on the other side. This is a weird question. This is something I would have to ponder about for like a week to make an essay about. Right. I know, this right? Is, uh, to, uh, I actually asked I'm other people if they pessimistic. knew anything for me. That's how I got up to the terrorism one. I'm pessimistic about uh, alcohol because I think alcohol is gross and does not turn people into good people. On the other hand, I am very optimistic about uh, the effects of pizza because nobody ever fights over pizza. Well, that's... Unless there's like uh, one slice left and like three people want it. <laughs> then you get another pizza and everyone agrees about that. Very true. Which is why they wouldn't be, most people wouldn't be pessimistic about pizza. And not like the one food that pretty much everybody agrees is like amazing. Yeah, if they don't agree, I, they should. He, the only people who I found that don't like pizza are people who are like, you know, can't have gluten or they're not or, people. Or severely exactly. lactose intolerant <laughs> or something. They don't count. <laughs> but even they're just like, oh, I wish I could eat it. Right? God, I want some pizza. That's it. It's settled. Tomorrow, I'm setting aside time. I'm watching Home Alone and I'm eating pizza. Fuck. Has to happen. Another question from Andre Rosa. In honor of Christmas, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays to you guys, by the way. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you, too, as well, uh, Andre, and all the other people listening. You know, whatever you celebrate, happy, whatever that is. He says, uh, what is your favorite Christmas memory? Peyton, I'm going to start off with you on this one. I think you got one that probably would be great. Oh, yeah. I I was N64 kid. Nice. No, seriously. That video video is me. (laughs) Your first I, I always try to keep it under wraps, but the... mm-hmm. yeah, it was awesome. I was so happy that day. I hooked it up, and I got to play Super Mario 64 all to myself. I ended up to share it with some turd in the freaking local Target. Kaylin, <laughs> <laughs> favorite Christmas memory? Let's see. Mine weren't really about specific gifts that I got, but I used to like going over to my grandmother's house and going with the family on Christmas Eve and just hanging out there and just like the smells and the foods. And, you know, it was, that was Christmas to me and they would put the Christmas music on. Uh, As far as recent memories, just a couple of years ago, it happened on Christmas. My, I had a very sick pet and I thought I was going to lose him. And then on Christmas day, he ended up miraculously recovering. So that was like huge. And I, Almost started crying because I thought I was going to lose my pet, but then he bounced back on Christmas Day, so that was good. You know, I didn't have an answer for this, really, but you just reminded me of something. Uh, My original answer was just going to be that I can't really remember anything other than just I miss old family members and stuff like that because that was always more fun back in the day. You're a little kid. You're getting Christmas gifts from everybody and all that, but you just brought up a pet that was sick. Uh, Thanksgiving... In 2008 or 2009, I can't remember 100% for sure. I think it's 2008. My dog that I had had for 12 years was acting weird. And we were just kind of like, what's up with her? 
And then from Thanksgiving onward, she just wasn't the same. And we could tell that she was just like, you know, she was going to go soon. So we had to put her to sleep about like maybe a week before Christmas. So terrible because, you know, she was the best dog you could possibly ever ask for. Incredibly smart and just the most well-behaved dog and all that sort of kind of stuff. But, um, you know, so we're still all upset and it's like, you know, we're realizing that like, uh, Christmas is the next day, you know, cause we have family members over for Christmas Eve and we're all just kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of quiet without the dog, you know, you can't just like reach down, give her a little piece of food, any of that kind of stuff. She had a habit of rubbing against this one wall to scratch her back cause she was a big chocolate lab. So she couldn't just kind of like scratch like a normal dog would or whatever. And whenever she would do that, since those dogs shed, she would just leave like a trail of hair. And, uh, of course we would clean that up like, you know, every couple of days or so. Cause it was just like, Oh, you don't want hair on the freaking wall and that kind of thing. But, um, Christmas morning around like six o'clock in the morning or something like that. I was hearing this like thumping noise, which the first thing I thought of was how she usually would try to scratch herself or whatever. And then I was like, you know, that sounds kind of like when she would rub up against the wall and, Later on that day, when, like, everybody had woken up and whatever, I was asking my mom, I was just kind of like, did you hear that noise earlier? It sounded kind of like Brandy, uh, Brandy was the name of the dog, obviously, rubbing up against the wall. And everybody else had heard it, too. And we checked that wall, and there was hair on it, which we know that we had cleaned up before, because we were talking about all that stuff the night before. That freaked me the hell out, and... Of course I cried because it was just kind of like, I don't know what the hell this is supposed to mean. Like, you know, I don't know what's going on. Like this kind of thing or whatever like that. That's probably uh, up there because that was just, you know, kind of a nice thing to to kind of experience on Christmas when you're all upset about that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. The only thing about ghost stuff that I've ever had that ever happened to me. So, Drew, pass this off to you. Favorite Christmas memory? Well, uh, I got a couple. My first one was definitely... 2004 i got smackdown versus raw for christmas and played the shit out of that game game was so fucking good and then uh you know you talked about your dog i remember my third birth not my third birthday my third christmas uh we got a puppy and it was a golden retriever his name was comet coolest dog ever uh i love golden retrievers to this day but unfortunately uh he died on my birthday when i was eight so that fucking sucks hmm but uh, when it comes to good memories, it'd definitely be that one or my uh, eighth or I don't know, when I was like nine when I got my uh, SmackDown vs. Raw because that was one of the greatest games. And I remember I was always the type of kid that's like, I'm going to go into the settings. I'm going to get Sable and I'm going to make her wear a bra and pants. <laughs> <laughs> so Drew's favorite Christmas memory was puberty. <laughs> So I'm going to spoil something for you, for uh, for Drew, I mean, right now. Uh, fuck you, Tony. Because our next question is, how did you find out that Santa wasn't real? Oh, <laughs> funny. You want me Drew. to give you? You want to give me mine? Got I, I hate to break it to you, buddy, but Santa's not real. You know, I was actually with a bunch of friends at lunch when I was in fifth grade. So I was actually 10 around this time. And I don't know why my family just never told me, or maybe they just thought that I knew at that point. But no one ever really told me, and... You know, I'm not a guy who's going to check the internet, find out that he's not real, you know. My family always, like, sent, like, Santa, like, mail, like, you know, my aunt would, like, pretend she was Santa and, like, talk about, like, how good I've been or, like, something that I ask for Christmas that he's thinking about getting me. So, 
You know, no one ever told me not to until one day at lunch. We we're all talking about uh, Santa. We're not Santa, but, you know, just what we're getting for Christmas. I'm like, yeah, I'm so excited. I hope Santa gets me, uh, uh, I think it'd be live 2005 or something like that. And everyone's just like, what do you mean? I'm like, what, Santa? You know, isn't he there? Like, you know, he doesn't exist. And I was just, I had like an epitome moment. I was just like, yeah, guys, I knew that. <laughs> I was just Josh and I was just pulling your chains. Yeah, Santa, not real. And then I slowly just like not talk throughout the rest of that lunch. <laughs> now I feel sad for Drew. <laughs> Fifth grade, huh? My brother, he has, um, he has a learning disability and um, he's 12 now. My family has yet to tell him that Santa's not real, but um, no, he's very into watching Christmas movies and stuff like that. So I think they're going to wait until next year, possibly. Or He has questions about it last year, but no one really fessed up and said that Santa wasn't real. So uh, he's actually an interesting case because I guarantee you he goes to school, talks about Santa. People are like, you know, Santa's not real, light, right? And he's just like, Bullshit, he's fucking real. I swear to God, every year I hear him coming down that chimney. He's my fucking candy. You want Floyd Brother, bro? <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck you. You don't say that about <laughs> Sandy, my fucking friend. Then who ate the cookies? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much so. Yeah, so my family, for some reason, just don't like telling about it. Hmm. Preserve the magic. Yeah, Your well, sister still doesn't believe, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, she definitely doesn't believe in Santa still. So... Peyton, do you remember when you stopped believing? I never stopped believing because I listened to Journey. Don't stop. Uh, I knew a lot of Jewish kids when I was young, <laughs> so. <laughs> there you go. So always. <laughs> Kaylin, do you remember yours? I don't ever remember actually believing in Santa. As far as back as my memories go, I've always known it was a bunch of bullshit. Uh, I mean, I, I still enjoy, you know, certain parts of the myth and the fantasy and everything. But I, you know, going back to like being two or three, I remember like my friends would talk about it. And they'd talk about Santa. And I'd be, hey, you, you guys know this isn't real, right? And this is me at three years old. I'm like, you guys know that's just your parents buying you this stuff, right? <laughs> No, no. And then my mom's like, okay, let him play along. You know, you're, but I was the kind of person, like when I find out something, when I find out the truth, when I find out something, you know, incredible, I want to share it with everybody so that they can be hip to it too. I thought I was Running helping down the them. streets, back just, the yeah. you know, Kayla. and I'm ruining, I'm ruining things for these other little kids, but I was three. I didn't know. And after a while I was like, okay, I'll just let them have their fun. You know, at the age of three, Kaylin surprisingly has a good vocabulary and can speak well. <laughs> Actually, I could. I keep telling yourself that, kiddo. <laughs> when I when I was in kindergarten, they took me from the kindergarten class when they were teaching the rest of the kids how to read, and they would put me with the they second grade you. class. Sure, that's they what took they... me. Oh, no? sure. They <laughs> took like, you. Complete, like the background of that. It's like one day kindergarten, they took me. They took it's like me. if you had cut out on the internet at that moment, it would have been such a weird story. The takening. Or if it would have taken a different route, where he would have been like. So uh, one day in kindergarten, they were teaching kids how to read. They took me from my class, brought me to the other class, and told me, uh, asked me to explain how Santa isn't real. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what brought it about, but I remember I was in first grade, and I had had some suspicions because my house doesn't have a chimney. 
and it never really made any sense to me how it was always that Santa comes down the chimney. No, when you don't have a chimney, he shrinks down real small and he goes through the keyhole or under the yeah, door. Yeah, don't you watch uh, the Santa Claus? You know, well, the see, that, just magically appears. Around that time period, that's the answer I was getting. And I was just kind of like, this smells like bullshit. <laughs> like, this is very convenient. Plus, how did he get around all over the place? And what about time zones? And then at that point, I had just like asked my mom, just like, you know, is he real or not? And after bringing up a couple of arguments like that, where she kind of didn't want to tell me, it was just kind of like, well, if you believe in him, he's real and whatever. I'm just kind of like, but what about, and what about, and she's just kind of like, no. And at the same time, I was just kind of like, well, it's the same thing for the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny, right? Just like get these all out of the way. <laughs> so first grade. And then I remember going into second grade and uh, there was this girl that was like really adamant that Santa was like, you know, uh, she's like the best girl and like Santa always gives her a lot of gifts because she's so great and whatever like that. And my friend and I were just kind of like, this bitch is pissing us off. And we're just like, he's not fucking real. <laughs> like, you know? I don't know what happened to that girl, but uh, she doesn't believe anymore. Stephen Carroll sent us a bunch of questions. Let's move on to his set of questions. Those are going to be the last ones that we do here. First off, he says, WWE are in a bad way right now, having wrestlers pulling double duty because they have a lot of injuries and refuse to use other guys that they have. Will they seriously have wrestlers pull double duty at WrestleMania if they can't get big stars from the past? You guys think that's a possibility? Double duty for anybody? I mean, they've done it recently with Daniel Bryan, so would not be surprised if they picked out like uh, a mid-carder who like, like goes in like the Andre the Giant Battle Royale and the uh, Six of Mother match on the card. See, that's where I, the only time I could think uh, of anybody actually pulling double duty is the Battle Royal, which I don't even know if they'll necessarily do that this year. Well, you know, they might find a bunch of people from NXT, uh, you know, just the huge. Kalen or uh, Peyton, you guys think they're going to have anybody do double duty? I certainly hope not. I think it takes away some of the splendor or magic or just uniqueness of having them do one match on a card. It's like, oh, we get to see him now. We're going to see him again later. So this one doesn't matter as much. And then you see him later and it's like, well, we already saw him. It doesn't matter. So in order to keep it feeling more special, I think you have to limit it. The less is more kind of mentality. Well, see, when there's a stipulation added to it, where if you win, you face someone else later in the night, I think something like that's interesting. Yeah. Like they did with Daniel Bryan a couple of years ago, that worked. But as long as they don't overdo that, as long as they don't do that with like three or four guys, would you guys rather see older people come back or would you rather see NXT guys come up? NXT all the way. Yep. NXT all the way as well. Ben? Would that be a mixture of both? Can't be, just be one or the other. You need both of them to make a successful show because you need the old names to get lots of people interested. And then you need the young names to catch their attention and want them to keep watching in the future. Thumbs up in my man. Uh, let's see, question number two from him is, I'm really worried about Mania this year, seeing how the company is treating Raw every week. Is there anything that they can do to fix the mess that they are in between TLC and Mania? Nope, not really. Their issue right now is the injuries. I mean, mm. I guarantee you, if there weren't as many injuries, I bet the storylines would be there more, you know, there'd be a lot more explanations for X and Y. You know, you wouldn't see as many people doing double duty on Raw necessarily, so... Andrews is really the downfall for this later part of the year. And it's been a trend for a while that injuries usually happen around this time of year. It's sad to think that, but uh, it's been a common thread lately. 
Well, the injuries are definitely something that, that needs to get fixed, but that's unfortunately not something that they really have in their control. And as far as the things that they can do, the only thing I can really say is so, it's more so along the lines of something that they shouldn't do, which is I don't want them to fall back into their kind of like safety zone. Like, don't give me a road to WrestleMania that's built around John Cena winning the Royal Rumble to challenge Roman Reigns. Unless it's going to be amazing and the rest of the card is going to be great too. Don't just assume John Cena is a big name. If we give him two big names in the main event, the whole rest of the card will be fine. And at the same time, don't give me like, I mean, they clearly think that Sheamus is better off than what a lot of us would agree with. Don't give me a Sheamus match as like the second main match of the card thinking that I'm going to love it. You know what I mean? Like, try a little bit of different stuff and get out of your wheelhouse a little bit. You know, if you have to take some risks and you're a little bit worried about it, I'd rather them take a risk and fail than to play it safe with something that I already know I'm not going to like. That's kind of my main thing. Give me different that might suck as opposed to the same crap. But is there anything in particular you guys think that they could do that really would like step the game up? Can they do anything to fix the mess they're in? Hopefully. Will they? Uh, I don't know. What exactly they can do? I have no idea. That's up to the writers and producers and talent. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed. We'll we'll see. I don't know. Anything you're leading towards, Peyton? It, this, is something, this, this is something that's far more complicated than you can describe in the time that we're allotted for this segment and that you can accomplish in the time between now and WrestleMania. This is something that is going to require small, subtle changes over time, eventually equating to what can fix the problem. And it's going to be fresh talent. It's going to be returning talent from injuries. It's going to be uh, a freshening of the creative direction, uh, some, some new main event level stars, some new introductory talents, some changes in the production aspects of it. Kevin Dunn needs to get out of there for sure. Uh, the biggest change is going to happen whenever the changing of the guard fully goes through and what that is going to be. We still don't know what's going to happen when Vince dies. We can assume, but we don't know. So that's going to be something very interesting to happen unless that happens between now and Mania. Which, <laughs> I so you're giving him a really short I really clock. hope it doesn't. Yeah. I, I really hope it doesn't. But um, that, that that's going to be an interesting day. And that's when you're going to see some real changes happen. And until then, I, I, I wouldn't get my hopes up too high. Hmm. I have to right go back now, to a point. Oh, go ahead. They're making money and, and they're, they're, they're doing their thing. You know, they're, they're a successful company in every way that they could want to be right now. Really? Yeah, I just wanted to go back to one point you were making, Tony. You said something like, I don't care if they try something new and fail if, as long as it's something new. And I just don't want to see the same stuff they've been doing over and over again. And I agree. I'd rather them try something new. Maybe it doesn't work, but at least they know than to just go to something that's just mediocre. Mediocrity is the worst. Like, for instance, some people are thinking that it's almost a lock that Brock Lesnar wins the Royal Rumble and challenges Roman Reigns. Shit, I just saw that last year. I don't care if he's the most important person on the roster. Don't give me a rematch. I don't want to see it. I would rather see Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. I'd rather see Tyler Breeze versus Roman Reigns. 
And it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for him to beat somebody like a Brock Lesnar, but I would be intrigued. And something like Lesnar and Reigns, I don't care. I've already seen it, so I know how these two work together. If Roman Reigns wins, then it's just a needless challenge. If Brock Lesnar wins, it just devalues Roman Reigns. So, you know, something like that, or like if they were going to do Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns, or if they gave us... Even if they do Triple H versus Roman Reigns, that's slightly different enough that I'm okay with it, depending on the rest of the card, but they can't depend on just their like their one or two match philosophy that they've had before. And another thing is Fastlane is a shitty pay-per-view from this year. And it's not just like, well, you know, if they replaced it with Backlash or but you know, the name of the pay-per-view doesn't matter all that much. But they need to figure out something to do for Fastlane that doesn't hinder WrestleMania. Or the road to WrestleMania, too. Because Royal Rumble is going to sell itself. I mean, that's awesome. And WrestleMania is already going to be something that people are interested in, no matter what. But Fastlane could be the difference between selling out WrestleMania or having people go into it not giving a shit. So pay attention to Fastlane. Don't screw it up. Another question we have, what is your guys' favorite matchup that you can watch over and over again? If it counts, the Royal Rumbles, pretty much all of them. Uh, can't just, like, put them on loop, that kind of thing. But every year, uh, like, we're going to start getting into it now. I'm going to rewatch them all over again. But if I have to pick one solid match, it's Undertaker versus Mankind, Hell in a Cell. That one's so awesome. Payton, what about you? For, uh, not first. Uh, favorite match that you could just keep watching over and over again? Never gets boring. God, I almost got afraid we were going to have the exact same answer. Because me, I was going to say any Royal Rumble is almost a safe bet. But if I was going to go off to more of a singles match, mine is also Mankind versus Undertaker. But the Boiler Room Brawl. I, I almost put that, that down, actually. <laughs> I, I mean, the King of the Ring is an amazing spectacle. Uh, Hell in a Cell match, I mean. Amazing spectacle of a match. But all of the from starting all the way back in the boiler room going through the back area where they're like throwing coffee at each other and you see all the other wrestlers like oh my god what are these guys doing and this was really like one of the first times you saw the backstage area and it leads all the way back to the ring where we get the turn of paul bearer onto undertaker and that's just such an incredible match one of my favorites of all time it's so much fun that i could watch it anytime because it's just so wild and, and violent and it, it's it's just a great match and you could hear Mick Foley the whole time going, that's ah, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I love when he does that. Yeah. <laughs> Kalen, what's your favorite match you can keep rewatching? Well, like you guys said, Royal Rumbles are always entertaining. But if we're talking like our favorite match, I'd have to say one that surprised me. It wasn't even on a pay-per-view. It was on a Monday Night Raw. It was June 11, 2001. It was unannounced ahead of time until the night of, I think it was Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit, who we talked about earlier, discarding everything that happened on that terrible night. I still can go back and Chris Benoit was a great wrestler. That was a steel cage match. It was fantastic. He had stone cold at ringside doing commentary, eventually got involved in the match too. That was when Heyman was on commentary too. And some really, really good spots in that match. I can go back and I've watched it several times and 
I'm still entertained every time. So I would say Angle versus Benoit on Raw in 2001. Steel Cage. Drew, any uh, matches that stand out like this? Um, Yeah, there's a few. Uh, the one that I was thinking of was actually a match on Raw as well. It was in 2013. It was uh, John Cena versus CM Punk. And I believe if CM Punk won, he would have got to main event uh, WrestleMania instead of Cena. I I've, I just always enjoy that match. You know, it's a damn shame that they have commercial breaks because that match was fantastic for what it was. Uh, you know, now I I never once believed CM Punk was gonna win that match, but you know, the, he had a few pulled out a few moves, uh, especially that uh, let's see, it was like, like that backwards tombstone, and uh, you know, we've got a lot of trouble with it. But, you know. Hey, it was backwards, not forwards. Pile driver. It's called a pile driver. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Backwards tombstone all the way. Well, see, if pile driver is banned, then maybe backwards tombstone will be allowed. Maybe that's why he was straight backstage. Guys, come on. This was a backwards tombstone, not a pile driver. But, you know, that's a match that I've always enjoyed watching. Didn't even understand. Oh, anyways, but uh, when it comes to that match, you know, just got home from work. Uh, that match started this, this moment I got home. I was just like, man, how was the rest of the fucking show? This match was amazing. So ooh, the rest of the show sucked, but that match <laughs> definitely saved the show. Uh, you, your favorite long storm, long storm, long term storyline, Austin McMahon. Kalen. Yeah, I was split on this one. I was thinking Austin McMahon or The Invasion. Payton. The Death of TNA. It. It. <laughs> Drew. Hmm. You know, I believe Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio is a cop out. So, uh, hmm. Let's go with uh, Ben Walver. Uh, let's go Shawn Michaels versus Triple H. We got two more questions here. All stole from Stephen Carroll. What do you guys think, or who do you guys think needs to be brought up from NXT to SmackDown and Raw, and who needs to be moved down from SmackDown and Raw to NXT? Sami Zayn has to come up, and uh, the only I, I'm going to keep it limited in two, uh, 2016 because I think if they add too many people, they're going to get lost in the shovel. Especially because like if they add them in too early, and then we get all these returning people from injuries, then it's going to just get this like flood of people, but I'd like to see Sami Zayn, as I said, uh, Finn Balor, Enzo, and uh, Big Cass and Carmella, and if we have room for it, Samoa Joe and Bailey. And as far as people that need to go back down to NXT for however much time as they need to, I think that Adam Rose, if he doesn't get fired, should just go to NXT because he sucks on the main roster. Just make him a jobber there. Uh, Bo Dallas should go back down. Curtis Axel would be used a real good uh, turn in NXT. Darren Young, especially if they push Titus O'Neil separately, because what else is he going to do? I'd like to see Fandango in there. I think he could have some cool matches. And pretty much anybody who's like in that kind of range, Los Matadores, C. Slater, Jack Swagger, uh, R-Truth would be kind of cool. Mark Henry, I think, would be cool in NXT. That'd be fun to see him against like a Baron Corbin or something. Smoke Joe. Drew, what's your list? Who needs to go up and who needs to go down? Well, see, if you talk about people going down, you pretty much say anyone who's not really being used on the main roster, you could probably use them to help enhance talent in NXT. Uh, 
you mentioned Adam Rose, but I don't, I don't even want Adam Rose near that shit. He would fucking ruin it for me. So, you know, Bo Dallas is definitely someone who I was considering, mainly because he's just not used. You know, our truth could definitely go in there, probably, you know, tag team with someone else down there. You could definitely throw a lot of these guys on the main roster down there and do like a mentor student type of thing and be just fine. Now, when it comes to people going up, Sami Zayn, uh, Big Cass, Enzo, Carmella, and Bailey. People who need to come up, that's definitely Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, Bailey, Enzo and Cass, along with Carmella, I guess. Uh, Blake and Murphy, along with Alexa. Hmm. I, I, I would almost say Asuka might be ready sometime next year to come up as well. And that girl's her. just hot fire. Yeah. Uh, as far as people going down, I'm actually not a big fan of people going I don't even, I hate using the term down to, to NXT. The way I see it is if you get up to the main roster and then you can't cut it, that that's pretty much it for you. I, I don't think many people would deserve that second chance going down there. Majority of the people they sent down there are people who really could give back with their wealth of knowledge in ring as well. And that's people like Cesaro, like Tyson Kidd. I think the one glaring example against that is uh, Eva Marie. But I don't think that should mean anybody who just needs some work should be sent down to NXT. I, I don't think that should be what that's for. They they could go down to the Performance Center for a weekend or something like that, or or, or on weekends and get some extra work down there. But don't make them a part of the NXT brand. I think that's gonna that's gonna bring down a level, and I would rather not see that. If they need room to fill up all the people they want to send to the main roster, you you have your lower level people to fill up NXT. That that that's what that's there for. That that should be the fresh people. Not the people who fail to make it on main event. That's worked good for Emma, right? I think. Emma? Mm-hmm. She was main roster and went back down. Yeah, Emma. she's fine. She never fully went to the main roster, though. She wrestled a couple matches. Even but... when she was with Santino, she was still. Yeah, she was still doing NXT even when she was on the main roster. So she never fully left. She just kind of did that one story with Santino. See, another example of Santino, you know, fucking ruining something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you ain't kidding. Kaylin, uh, do you have people that could go up or down? Uh, As far as bringing them up, I think the obvious ones are Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, and Bailey. But I would be okay if they waited a little bit. I think right now, more than anybody, Enzo and Cass need to come up. I think they've overstayed their welcome in NXT. I mean, not not that nobody doesn't, you know, nobody hates seeing them there. Everyone loves them, but they've outgrown it. They are above that, I think, now. So I think bring up Enzo and Cass. And on a related note, I'd say Jordan and Gable. I'd like to see those guys on the main roster. I think they'd be a lot of fun. As far as bringing people down from uh, Raw and the main roster to NXT, got to agree, Adam Rose. Have him go back down there, shake things up, maybe go back to some of his old stuff that he was doing. I think that would definitely refresh him. And speaking of refreshers, as much as I like him, Dolph Ziggler, he needs something. I'm, I think he's gotten stale in the last year for me. So I say throw him down in NXT for a while, have him get in a couple of feuds, shake up his character. He can work with some of the other guys and see how that works. So I say Adam Rose and Dolph Ziggler could go down. And our last question from Steven, our last question on the mailbag in general, 
Would WWE be better if they used SmackDown as an upper mid-card or mid-card show and got rid of main event and superstars? Or keep main event and superstars and just get rid of SmackDown? Anybody leaning a specific way wants to tag in first? Isn't that what SmackDown already is? Just, you know, mid-card, upper mid-card. Every once in a while they'll have... a. Main roster or main event people on there, so no There's... SmackDown is just a recap of Raw. Oh yeah, um, yeah, just uh, do nothing with it because I don't watch SmackDown anyway, so it doesn't affect me. Yeah, I would say I don't watch main event or superstars. I saw main event twice, and that was because I was at a SmackDown taping where they taped it beforehand. Other than that, I've never watched main event or superstars. SmackDown. I think I think it's okay how it is now. I didn't like the brand split before. I think it works how they do it now. But just please, fewer recaps. I'm asking you, please. Peyton, you leaning either way? I cannot remember the last time I watched SmackDown, let alone main event or superstars. Mm-hmm. Do whatever the hell you want with them. You can take them off the air completely for all I care. The, I could barely get myself to watch all of Raw, let alone worry about all these other shows that they're trying to put on. See, I I don't know if there's a fix pretty much like at all other than just you put out better stuff and I don't even know if people are really going to follow the better stuff because who's going to be watching it to tell people it's gotten better, you know? I'd like to see them do something a little bit different. Maybe I've always hated the idea that the show's main event and superstars first off, they're pointless. I mean, nobody gives a shit. Like, if I was a little kid, I had nothing better to do, I wanted to check out as much wrestling as possible, and I had the time, then I would totally love to see uh, Jack Swagger versus Darren Young or whatever the hell. But since I'm not, I can't really justify having those at all. And I don't like the names either. Why is this one main event if it's nobody who's anywhere close to any main events for the entire year? Why is this one WWE Superstars where... If anybody's going to be a superstar in WWE, it's not these fucking people. So it's like counterproductive almost. And I would rather them get rid of main event and superstars and maybe do, um, not that I would necessarily watch it, but maybe if you really, really want to harp on the whole divas thing, maybe just give them their own separate thing instead of main event and superstars. Make that like their, I don't know what the hell you would call it. Um, it's like a, a SmackDown type of word that starts with a D that could be like Diva's Destruction or, you know, like anything like that. I don't know. Down Smack. Devastation. Like maybe do something like that and see if there's an audience for it. And if there is, you know, tape uh, two Divas matches before every episode instead of just the other kind of things. And then you can, instead of doing two Divas matches on Raw, do one of them and do the other one on whatever Superstars or Tony. whatever it would be. They did that already. It's called season three of NXT. Yeah, one of the most fun seasons that they had out there because they had Michael Cole with the gong and stuff. Yeah. But uh, SmackDown is just, if you don't do anything to make it better, you can't make it better. I mean, it's always going to be the B show to Raw. And when they focus everything that they can on Raw and Raw still can end up sucking, there's no reason to believe that they could do anything with SmackDown. And I don't think that it's an upper mid-card, mid-card kind of thing, because I think if you just do mid-carders wrestling and no storylines, people aren't going to care. And if you just do storylines, then people are going to ask where the wrestling is. And 
it's just they need to do better work. I think maybe if Raw weren't three hours every week, I'd be more interested in maybe seeing some of this stuff. But after watching an episode of Raw, I feel exhausted. Yeah. Especially on a pay-per-view week. Because I don't watch NXT every week, and I like NXT. (laughs) I gotta binge watch NXT usually, or like I'll watch it maybe like Saturday morning when I'm trying to fall asleep or something like that. So if I can get through Raw and I'm like tired as all hell and I stop watching NXT and I don't watch like a breaking ground or something like that, I'm not going to watch SmackDown. Nothing ever happens on SmackDown. And if it happens on SmackDown, they're going to recap it a hundred times on Raw anyway. So make it must see. And then I must see it. (laughs) I guess you could say. Uh, Do it live too. That could help. Tomorrow we're going to have a live special, but it's probably going to be something that they really phone in because nobody wants to work because it's Christmas, so it's probably going to suck too. Probably a lot of recap, probably a lot of, like, a backstage Christmas tree lighting thing or something like that, you know. Uh, Do it live, make it matter, and then we'll care. So, lots of questions that we went through here. Thank you to all the people that sent in those mailbag questions. Uh, We really appreciate all those uh, from the different spectrums and stuff like that, picking our brains about wrestling stuff and non-wrestling stuff. And I don't know when the next one is going to be 100%, but that's going to be somewhere around the end of January, probably. Maybe the week, uh, two weeks before WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Royal Rumble, because the week before we're going to have to do our predictions and stuff. So start brainstorming different questions you guys want to submit to us. And if you want to send them along right now, I'll just backlog them or whatever. You know, you got a couple of weeks or whatever the case may be. That's our main event, though. We have one more thing we need to do for episode 214. That's the Fantasy League, so stay tuned, everybody. Part 5, click on that if you are on YouTube. Welcome back to the final part of episode 214. It's time for the Fantasy League updates and different trades and whatever else is going on. So, Payton, what do we need to be aware of? You all need to be aware of what's going down. That Drew White's fucking shitheaded losers still fucking shitheaded losing week in, week out. And continuing this week. Ahead of him is Sean Walker's Canadian Elephants, followed up ahead by Tony Mango's Tony's Tykes. My team, our time is now still down second. And Stephen Wago still holding in first place because of Roman Reigns' super-powered skills. Yeah, that's why. Super power. But, yeah, still a bit of time left before WrestleMania. We got the Royal Rumble. Lots of stuff can happen. And in the meantime, we need to see if there's going to be any changes our teams want to do. So far, we only had one trade last week. So not much change to the waiver wire. Drew, you have first dibs. What's on your mind? Do you anything you want to do? Uh, Sardos is injured, but I really don't know who I should pick up in the meantime. So I'm going to just stay put for now. Wait, wait another week. You think he might just show up next week? Not really. I just, uh, okay. You never know something might happen. Uh, well, Sean's not it. here. All right. Well, Sean's not here. So, Kalen, anything you want to do on his behalf? We have nothing to do this week. All right. Uh, come to me. I'm going to hold for now. Wago's not here. Tony, anything for you? Uh, I'm going to be making a trade soon, but this week, I don't think anything's going to be happening over the next couple of weeks, so I'm going to stick with my team the way it is. Well, what if I want to make the trade first? Well, then I would just be shit out of luck. Oh, yeah. Just like Drew's team is shit-headed losing. Yeah. 
What uh, suck for you? <laughs> that's what they do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's an easy week this week. Nothing going down. But if you want to see what is going down, pay attention to WWEFantasyLeague.com. I'll take us into plugs. Kalen, you're up first. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Kalen Ferris. That's C-A-L-E-N-F-E-R-R-I-S. And if you would like to test your knowledge of things involving the WWE, you can check out Sporkle.com. That is S-P-O-R-C-L-E. Drew, you're up next. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitters at Drusive White. Go to Mick Frickin' Duncan on YouTube to see absolutely nothing. And, you know, that's about it. Peyton, you're last. Stay tuned to all the cool content shooting at your ears from MegapowersRadio.com. Follow me on Twitter at M-R-P-A-D-E-N. That's Mr. Payton. And join the official fan group for all of our projects. It's called The Mega Maniacs on Facebook. Just search on Facebook for The Mega Maniacs. And my plugs are in the rest hold. But just a quick refresher if you listened to that already and you forgot about it. Which... That's a shame if that's the case, but short-term memory loss affects a lot of people. If uh, you go to fanboysanonymous.com, you will check out all the stuff that is dealing with Star Wars, and hopefully you went to see the movie and you think it's as awesome as we did too. You want to check out the review point that we had where we discussed pretty much everything we could possibly discuss about the movie. We got some theories about things going forward. We've got a Making the Grade review. We've got my quick uh, Minuteman review. we got some... Different things uh, that are going to be coming up pretty soon as well that might have to deal with Star Wars, might not. I mean, you never know exactly what's going to happen. But fanboysanonymous.com is all the geek culture stuff you will find there. Go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash fanboysanonymous to listen to the podcast, which you can also find on iTunes and Stitcher. Keep checking out for the All Talk Show. You never know when that's coming up. And as far as Smart Out Moment is concerned, one main thing that I want to be uh, reminding you guys about Next week is not going to be a normal episode of Smack Talk. That's going to be our 2015 Smark Out Moment Awards. So get those votes in as soon as you can because you never really know exactly when I'm going to be shutting it off, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be sometime on the 27th, and that's a Sunday. So you got a couple days here. Don't obviously spend all this time on Christmas listening to the outro stuff, unless you want your family to wonder what the hell you're listening to. But the outro medley will be coming up real soon after this episode is uploaded as well, so you'll be able to listen to all those and go back and either change your answer to something you might have forgotten about, or if you want to catch up, it'll be all there as well. And uh, that'll be hitting you sometime around the 30th, that video, whenever we record that. So stay tuned for that. And uh, keep checking out the articles on smartoutmoment.com and follow us, like us, subscribe, all that other kind of jazz. That's it for 2015. As far as the normal Smack Talk episodes go, this has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out. Or should I do both? I don't know. I, knowing both. nothing else. Yeah, do both. Record both, and you can just pick one or mash them together or whatever. Alrighty. I'll do White Christmas first, because that one's not as funny. Or at least I don't think it is. I'm dreaming of a white outro, just like the ones we used to do. When the pyro's glistening, but no one's listening. Because they suck when they're by Drew. 
I'm dreaming of a wide outro where lyrics make no fucking sense. He can read, but he clearly can't write. So pray for no more outros from Drew White. <laughs> no outros by Drew White. <laughs> Number two. Brawny the Strowman was an angry, vengeful soul with a big old beard and a plastic mask and a shirt as black as coal. Brawny the Strowman's in the Wyatt family clan. They all follow Bray, but I have to say that it's Braun who is the man. There clearly is a reason why he's in the WWE, cause once McMahon saw how big he was, he signed him to NXT. Brawny the Strowman is as tall as they can be. Let's all hope that he has some better knees than the fucking great Kali. Yeah. <laughs> the big guy. It's funny. <laughs> 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 <laughs>